if you have your staff first begin with the wins, you will notice a palpable difference in the air of the room is different. The whole culture begins to shift because people are ready to come with their complaints or the complaints of others that they feel like they have to address with the executive team, which makes sense. And those things have to happen. But if we begin with wins, it changes the experience a lot. So it reframes our meetings, but it also reframes our days. Hey, the Pivot Me team, we're taking a handful of weeks off to spend a little more time with our family and friends. We're talking about time at the lake, paddleboarding, mountain biking, and living our best lives. But hey, good news, we are working on some amazing new episodes and we have some rock star guests lined up, which we will be releasing very soon. Until then, we wanted to bring back a few of our favorite episodes. Enjoy. This is the second part of our two-part winning series. In the last episode, we discussed how to focus on your gains, what they are, gap gains, the importance of seeing your wins, and the amazing book, Gap in the Gain, by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. If you haven't listened to the last episode, please go back and have a listen. It's quick. It's about 19 minutes. We discuss how easy it is to live in the gap, how many of us are wired to live in the gap, and how we need to focus on how far we've come instead of how far we still need to go. Today, we're giving you a very simple tip to shine the spotlight on your wins to create even more wins. This tip also helps you identify the sweetest wins in your life, not just the things you think should make you feel good or qualifies win to others, but actually like take a look at what really makes you feel like you win at the end of the day. It's a powerful feeling. I want you to have it every day. So as we talked last week, most of us are focused on what still needs to get done. At the drop of a hat, we can rattle off what's still on our list, what hasn't been wrapped up for the day, but rarely can we list what we've already accomplished in the day. We're always chasing, never arriving. All of our mental real estate gets dedicated to that unfinished business. But what's the problem with that? There will always be unfinished business. My goals, my to-do list, somehow it never reaches zero. I can chase it all I want, but I never get to the horizon. And the really big problem with it is not only do you not reach it, meaning like your stuff doesn't all get done, you don't achieve all your goals, etc., etc. Not only do you not reach the end of the road, but you feel frustrated. Frustrated at your progress, your speed, or overwhelmed by the sheer amount of stuff that still needs to get done. Frustration and overwhelm are not recipes for a happy, fulfilled life. It's unsettled. It's underappreciated. And let's be clear, I was not a natural to the appreciation game, appreciation of my own performance. Definitely not. I have lived as a gap thinker. You heard that in the last episode. In my own performance, not anyone else, for years. It was partially because I was in sales for years. It was partially because I was in negotiation and we were focused on only what you'd most recently done for us or what I'd most recently done for anyone else. But it was also just because it's the way I was wired. Like I'm a go-getter, I'm a hustler, and I'm like, I'm on to the next thing, I'm on to the next thing, I'm on to the next thing. And then I rarely appreciated what was behind me. Waking up every day with the weight of what still had to be done. I had big dreams and every day I felt behind. Even though outsiders would comment on my speed, my speed of execution. My good friend Mike Forster called it moving at the speed of April. He meant it as a compliment. I always felt like it wasn't fast enough. He would say that, and I always thought in my mind, I wouldn't say it out loud because I didn't want to seem ungrateful, but I was like, man, I ain't fast enough. 
I was moving through mud, it felt like, slowly plodding along, never fast enough, never achieving enough. So I want to paint an accurate picture for you. I screwed this part up a lot and for a really long time. And what a waste to have a miserable high performer doing so much, yet not enough. Now, as I said in part one, I'm not asking you to lose your edge, your fire, your hunger. I am showing you there is a way to have both fire, the relentless determination, and the fulfillment. Oh, man, what was there was a Jim Collins quote, the genius of the and and not the tyranny of the or. I might be paraphrasing, but I feel like that was pretty close. Like we got to do the and, not the or. We can still have that drive and still be happy at the end of the day. We can be gleefully going around and slattering our goals with the damn smile on your face. How do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. There are many ways to refocus your attention, tell yourself a better story, and be happier. I'm going to tell you one of the simplest ways that takes less than 60 seconds a day to reframe your day. If you feel like this is too much of a commitment, it is time to reevaluate how you spend your time. I mean, I'm talking 60 seconds. You got 60 seconds. So here is it. The quickest way to reframe your day and end with more fulfillment is very easy. Track three wins every day. Now, notice I didn't say goals. I didn't say tasks completed. None of the usual cast of characters that you hear on podcasts, you read in books. It's just wins, like your personal wins. And they can be in any area of your life. They can be your family. They can be your health. They can be your business, finances, contribution that you got to go to Starbucks and then sit in your car and enjoy it. Like, ah, oh, I don't know about you, but if I get, I don't always, I actually rarely, but when I get a Starbucks that has whipped cream on the top, like I'm lactose intolerant, so I shouldn't, but I do. Yeah, I do. And you get like a mocha. I'll get it like a soy mocha. Does anyone else see that? Or like an almond milk mocha, but then I get the whipped cream on the top and you know that the barista is like, what the hell, man? I'm confused, but I'm like, just trust me. I can't say no to the whipped cream. You should know this about me. We've been together for a while, so it's time that you know this. There are two types of people in this world. There are people that take off the lid and lick the whipped cream off, and there are beastly people that mix the whipped cream into their drink. I don't understand you. I Oh, it hurts me to watch someone do that where they mix in their whipped cream in the drink and then just drink it. I'm like, why did you get the whipped cream? Why? It seems like a waste of whipped cream. So anyways, this is what you need to know. So if we're ever somewhere and you're going to buy me a cup like a mocha, make it almond milk or soy milk, but still get the whipped cream on top. And then you're going to have to sit there. I'm not going to be able to talk to you for like a good, like a couple minutes because I'm going to pop that top off. I'm going to get the whipped cream off because I don't want that to dissolve in my drink. All right. So that was unexpected, but there we went. Okay. Maybe your win is that you got to sit and drink your Starbucks in your car and enjoy it. doesn't matter what your win is. We're just tracking your wins. Track them three each day and track them real time. This is important. Track them in the moment that they happen. Do not track them at the end of the day. Why not? Because you will make the air of recency. So if you wait till you're getting ready for bed and you're like, oh, what were my wins for the day? You will likely pick something that's happened in the last 60 minutes, air of recency, like something recently that happened and we overvalue it. I don't want the most recent thing. I want the most significant thing in your day. So to do that, you're going to either have like a small notebook, you're going to track them in, maybe track them in your phone, but some people use voice memos in their phones or like a note app. I use Evernote on my phone, but be warned if you use your phone, every time you touch your phone, you are likely to get sucked into the distraction vortex. I track mine in Evernote. I recognize every time I touch my phone, I'm likely to get sucked in for five plus minutes 
even when the thing I was going to do would only have taken 15 seconds. So just know that you run the risk of that. Not everyone carries around notebooks with them anymore, at least. All right. So to start focusing on your wins, you will take, this is going to take some practice, right? Because that is not natural for us. We see the gaps. That's not how our brains work. Our brains work to protect us. They spot what's wrong, the gaps, the areas that need improvement. We don't automatically land on our wins unless we train this three pound organ that sits on our shoulders to do that. We can train our brain to do that. Would you like to see the behind the scenes footage of the Pivot Me interviews? We have launched April Garcia Pivot Me on YouTube. Take 10 seconds now and go to YouTube and enter April Garcia Pivot Me or enter it directly at youtube.com backslash April Garcia Pivot Me. You can see all the guest interview with Jay Abraham, Sharon Lecter, Cameron Harold, John Lee Dumas. We are releasing new videos every Tuesday. Go ahead and stream with us. Hop on and join us. And please support us by giving that thumbs up and subscribing. It really does matter. And you are going to love these videos. Thanks for joining Pivot Me on YouTube. So start focusing on the wings. We, we're going to have to bake them into our day. You can bake them into your meetings, your dinner conversations, time with your family. So actually, let's stop a second here. Let's talk about meetings for a second. So you've sat through lots of meetings. I'm going to say meetings. We'll say corporate meetings, but I think this probably applies across the board. How do most corporate meetings start? Like minutes before they begin. I've tested this many times. It is startling how predictable us humans are. So you schedule a meeting for 10 a.m., right? But you want everyone in the room at 9.50 so they can mill about and chat for a little bit and grab their coffee, right? Just put a couple of Starbucks carriers in there. This is not sponsored by Starbucks, but here we are mentioning them again. Okay, so you got a couple of things of coffee in the back and people are getting their coffee and they're talking. Don't engage. Simply listen to what the team discusses before the meeting, before they know they are being monitored. Us humans, if left to our own devices, we talk about two things. We talk about what is going wrong and what has happened most recently, and we overvalue that. Does Steve talk about the new policy from three days ago that will increase margin by five points? Well, maybe, if you wrote it down first. If Sarah's talking, is she talking about that large contract she closed two days ago, or is she more likely to discuss the Miller account that was much smaller, but she only lost it an hour ago? Maybe she's talking about the traffic jam, which made her late to work. That is what we talk about. That is not because Sarah and Steve are nimwits. It's because that's how our brain works. And unless Sarah and Steve work to change that, well, the brain will just keep doing that. Again, our brains are there to point out what's going wrong or what could go wrong and sometimes make that even worse than it actually is. So what do we do about that? Like our brains are gonna lead us to this awesome, fulfilling lives. Like we gotta do this, right? So I'm kind of separating us out for the brain. I'm like, ah, oh, there's this organ, but you're something more than this three pound organ that sits on your shoulder. So here's a simple solution to this in corporate meetings. Start your meetings with wins. Before people get into all the things that are wrong and all the things that still need to change and all the rental employee, whatever it might be, you got to start with wins. You got to come with three wins. If you have your staff first begin with the wins, you will notice a palpable difference in the air of the room is different. The whole culture begins to shift because people are ready to come with their complaints or the complaints of others that they feel like they have to address with the executive team, which makes sense. And those things have to happen. But if we begin with wins, it changes the experience a lot. So it reframes our meetings, but it also reframes our days. Going back to tracking our wins, stepping back from the corporate meetings, but just wins in general. What might be a win to one person may not be a win to another. Like one man's win is another man's Tuesday morning. 
But you tracking your wins are really important. So I'm going to give an example. So last week I did an exercise in one of my mastermind groups and each member had to track their wins for one week. Now, most of them tracked them on their phone. Some did some old school paper and then they brought them back to discuss. So they know we're supposed to be tracking their wins. They know that it helps and you boost your confidence, makes you feel good, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't know all of why we were doing this. So come back with your 21 wins. Now let's look at this like an experiment. So each day, real time, they wrote down three wins. We're looking at it like an experiment. Well, these 21 wins in in each person's life are 21 data points that are not random. Though they may feel it at the time when you're like, oh, it feels like a win, man. That made me happy, man. I'm going to write that down. It feels random. But at the end of the week, these 21 data points, they tell a story. They tell the story of how you win, how you feel wins. In my 530 Mastermind, Erin found out her wins were around completing difficult things in her business that she'd been putting off for a long time. She would not have guessed that tackling a procrastinated project was actually her win, but over and over again it was. Here was the other theme. The second thing was a continued win for her was when her teenagers wanted her time and she dropped everything to give it to them. That's where her wins. She wouldn't have recognized them at the time. She would have likely been stuck in the, oh, I need to be doing something else or I don't have time for this story. But when she took the time to track them, those were actually the highlights of her week. That was the good stuff, not just the fluff in between. Now, she had lots of other wins, like she had the kind of usual wins too. But at the end of the day, those were the ones that really stuck out to her. In that same mastermind, Chris's wins were around a deal he closed and this large commission he was making. But the actual win when he tracked it It wasn't the money. It was the conversation he had with his daughter while holding the commission check. The lesson he was able to teach her in the moment, that was the win. He wouldn't have caught it if he wasn't thinking about it, if he wasn't tracking it, if he didn't train his brain to look for that. You see, your wins don't need to look like anyone else's win. You will find they represent the season you are in in your life, but you do have to acknowledge them. You have to appreciate it. What if we only got more of what we appreciated? Imagine that. And it actually kind of works that way too. This isn't just an exercise and feel good. When you focus on winning, when you see, I mean, really see your winning streak, you win more. Let me give you another example. So I was watching a volleyball tournament the other day, and one team was just slaughtering the other team, serving up point after point. So, okay, so they're starting to win, man. They're really winning. What does the opposing coach do? He blows the whistle. He calls a timeout. Now, why does he do that? Because he wants to disrupt their winning streak. He wants to get them out of state because if he doesn't, they are likely to keep winning. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because this part is real important. Don't let anyone blow the whistle on you. But they don't need to, do they? They don't need to blow the whistle on us because we do it ourselves. We think about what didn't get done today, how much faster we should have ran, the income goal that we almost hit. Hell, even if we actually think about our wins, how on fire we are, we begin to temper ourselves. Well, it can't stay like this. Something's going to change. I mean, it's not going to stay like this all the time. That's blowing the whistle on yourself like you're serving up point after point and you blew the whistle. You got to focus on your win so you can keep winning. Do not bring yourself back to zero every time you aren't at zero right now. That's creating unnecessary pain in your life and you're not appreciating how far you've come. 
Instead, track your wins for a week. Not only will you appreciate your day more, you will win more. It also boosts confidence. There's power in seeing what you've succeeded at, what you won at. And when our confidence improves, man, everything's better. We win more business. We negotiate better. We get the girl. Everything is better when confidence is riding shotgun. All right, let's bring this back to the most important thing here. You, what are you going to do with this information? Will you track three wins a day real time as soon as they happen for the next seven days? Then grab a cup of coffee and review your 21 data points. What are the trends? They're there. The data doesn't lie, even in our personal lives. The study of oneself is critical to performance and to happiness. We don't find either of those two. We create them. Does it work? Yeah, it's about 60 seconds of work. But if you are happier and on a winning streak this time next week, then it's worth it. Make it a kick-ass week. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.